Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Today we get some tough nuclear revenge against one's own father. We'll get to that family drama in a bit, but first, my boss quits. I loved teaching more than anything. My family couldn't quite believe it every time I told them that that was what I wanted to do full time when I graduated. I loved to connect with people, to educate them on things they had no idea about. It gave me a sense of joy in such a rush. I couldn't explain it if I tried. A bonus was the love I also had for children. It still amused my parents that that was what I settled on because my father owned a multi-million dollar company I was set to inherit at graduation. I was their only child. He loved me so much and had always provided everything that I needed. He paid for the best schools for me. He wanted to make sure I was getting a quality education. He also paid for extra curricula as my mother firmly believed that education wasn't only gotten within the four walls of a classroom. All these opportunities that were given to me were part of what fueled my desire to teach. I want to show people, kids especially, the world I had experienced. And if they took their studies seriously, they could experience it too. Granted, I had a rich dad as an advantage, but still. He had started teaching me the ropes of how to run his company when I was 16. He would always say that he was preparing me for a great takeover. He was generally a businessman, but the main company that everybody knew him for was his investment firm. That was when I fell in love with mathematics and knew at once that was what I would study in college. I always looked forward to the trips with him to the office, which was why they were shocked at the fact that I wanted to teach. They thought I was joking until after graduation, I applied to one of the top private elementary schools in the state. My acceptance was a shoe-in, and it made me wonder if it was because I'd passed all their tests with flying colors, or because of my father's status. It was no secret who my father was, and because our surname was unique, it stood out everywhere I went. I didn't probe that thought any further though, I was just so excited that I'd gotten my dream job. My first day was just as I planned it to be, exciting and educative. I had been assigned to the 5th grade, so it was mostly 10 to 11 year olds in the class. The school was a prestige one, so most of the kids came from affluent families, but that didn't stop them from sucking at math. I had seen their past exam results, and it was either whoever had taught them was equally bad at math, or just a lousy teacher. The students weren't very welcoming to the class, but after the first 15 minutes of performing my magic on them, the atmosphere changed. I was happy when we ended the class on a good note. Although I rocked at teaching, making friends proved to be the difficult task for me at the school. Everyone was either intimidated because of who I was or disliked me because of who I was. It seemed like my familial relations were doing me more harm than good. When I told my father about it, he told me to hold my chin up no matter what and not let anyone's opinion weigh me down. That boosted my confidence a lot and I ignored those who threw silly remarks my way. I continued to do my work with much enthusiasm and before long people began to respect me. My first friend, Emily, was an 11th grade teacher like me but she taught home economics. She was very nice and always smiled. I enjoyed our conversations together and was always looking forward to lunch break when we had our usual chats. One day she confessed that why most of the other teachers gave me a hard time wasn't because they didn't like me, but because they didn't know why someone like me would settle for a teaching job. 
I explained to her why I'd become a teacher and how my life wasn't all about my father's wealth. She must have done some running around on my behalf because before long, some of the other teachers started talking to me too. Everything was going great. Well, until I had a falling out with the principal. It was my day off, but I had decided to come to school to grade some papers since I didn't have much to do at home. I was alone in the staff room as all the other teachers had classes to attend. The principal had walked into the staff room, the stick he usually carried around with him at his side and his scowl in place. I looked up and gave him my best smile with a hearty greeting, but all he did was grunt in response. He came over to my desk and peeked at what I was doing. Then he proceeded to question me about why I wasn't in class like my fellow workmates. I explained to him that I had no classes today and had only come in to grade some papers. He called me lazy and said that I had an attitude because the board gave me special treatment. He claimed that no other person on staff had a day off. So what made me deserve one? I knew that wasn't true. Everyone had a free day, which was school rules. But most people still came in to work. I had noticed for a while that the principal was one of the top staff who didn't like me very much, no matter what I did. Where others had softened a bit, he had refused to give in. He had been one of the two board members who had been against my employment, and I wondered why. I didn't know the man from anywhere, and I did my possible best to always avoid him. When we did see, he always threw his nose up in the air and gave snorty remarks. Quite frankly, I was getting tired of being picked on, but the words of my father kept echoing in my head, and that was what pushed me through each day. He told me that he would write me up for insubordination since I wasn't in class. I didn't argue with him. I simply looked at him until he turned around and left the office. I was so angry about what had just transpired that I didn't even notice when Emily entered the staff room. She had to call me several times before she was able to get my attention. I told her what had happened and she assured me that he would do no such thing, that he was only looking for a way to ruffle my feathers. The next incident involved the principal when one of the students in my class was being naughty and I sent her to him to report herself. She must have told him a completely different tale because his secretary came looking for me minutes after the girl had left. When I got to his office, he dismissed the student and began to talk rudely to me. He called me incompetent and told me that the only reason I'd been hired was because of my father's money. He accused me of harassing my students. He also somehow managed to imply that I was being inappropriate with the opposite sex on the staff and that if I wasn't careful, he would get me fired. His accusations stung a lot and I couldn't pay attention enough to finish my class, so I just gave them an assignment to do for the remaining time. After class that day, the girl who I had sent out of the class came to apologize. She told me that she had reported herself to the principal, but he had dismissed her and not given her any punishments. She said that she felt bad for getting me into any trouble. I assured her that she hadn't gotten me into any trouble and that she should be better behaved in class. That was when I realized that the principal was truly after my neck. I decided to avoid him as much as I could where I finally got fed up and decided that enough was enough was when he harassed me sexually. I had been in the staff lunchroom trying to fix my lunch when he walked in. I greeted him politely and didn't say another word to him. I hurried my movements, not wanting to be in the same space as him, for fear that I would say something nasty to him. I felt a hand on my butt and jumped around in shock. He gave me a nasty look and told me to stay quiet or all the threats he had made the other day he would go through with. 
He attempted to touch me again and I slapped his hands away. He called me a useless child and that I wasn't as good at my work as I thought, then he left the office. I narrated my experience to Emily, who sadly had the same experience with the principal, but there was no one they could tell because the board wouldn't believe them. He had strong connections with the owner of the school, so that's why he was still on staff despite several complaints. I decided to take matters into my own hands and use the connections I had to get rid of the man. If he was touching staff, I could only wonder if he had gone as far as students. I didn't even want to think about such a possibility. So I went to my father and explained all that had been happening with the principal, and he got angry that I hadn't come to him since. After apologizing and getting him to be calm, I told him about my plan, and he was totally on board with it. Then I went to the school board and told them about my intentions to be the new principal of the school. They told me they weren't looking for a new principal, but I told them that they should reconsider, as there were some shortcomings with the principal that was on the seat. I assured them that with me as principal there, there would be a lot of changes in the school and also donations from organizations my father worked with. The incentives seemed to capture their interest, and they promised to think about it. Where I knew I had won was when the principal came bursting into the staff room one day and yelled that I would not succeed in taking his job. I remained calm as he insulted me in front of the other staff before leaving the office. The selection of a new principal was a process. You had to show the board why you were worthy to be considered a candidate for the position. The icing on the cake was that an external judging party was always added to the board. So whatever connections the principal had was cut off there. I made sure that I frustrated all his attempts at bringing new programs into the school's curriculum. I always pointed out their flaws and suggested newer and better ways of doing things. When the other staff saw the confidence I had that I was going to win the spot, they began to support me in full force. The man had done a lot of bad things to people in the school, and they were now tired of him. His connections must have been really strong, because the external judge that had been brought was suddenly replaced by another man. I noticed how he always talked me down and seemed to be more interested in what the principal had to say or what he was doing. That didn't faze me though, because the other board members had begun to warm up to me. I knew that if I kept applying pressure, he would eventually crack. I hadn't wanted his job in the first place. Teaching was my passion. Still was. But if he was going to keep being unprofessional, then I was glad I had stepped up. One day, I had to close from the office late. The entire school was empty except for a few of the staff who had their own personal offices. As I passed the locker rooms, I felt the sudden urge to pee and since I couldn't go back to the staff restroom, I decided to use that one instead. I got inside and took care of my business, but a whimpering sound stopped me on my way out. I walked towards the sound, my heart beating a mile per minute at what I might find. It was not good. The first thing I saw were a pair of dainty legs and low-heeled shoes, then the full body of a convulsing student came into view. Without wasting time, I called the police and demanded that an ambulance be sent to the school. Thankfully, we got to the hospital just in time to save the overdosing child. An immediate investigation was carried out, and what I discovered was shocking. Besides being a sexual offender, the principal was also heavy into drugs. So, at last, I didn't have to run him out of the school. His stupidity had gotten him into trouble. 
I watched in satisfaction, alongside my other colleagues, as the police let him out of the school in handcuffs. That would teach him a lesson that it wasn't everyone you should mess with. I think OP kind of glossed over it a little bit, but is it to be assumed that the principal gave a kid this stuff? And probably worse? Needless to say, you want to get that principal out of there, you don't have to do much personal lobbying after that point. Our next story is giving my father his own treatment. My parents were not your typical happily married couple who fought once in a while and tried their best to provide a stable home for their family. No, my parents bickered all the time, and if I think back now, it was always about insignificant things. But that's what happened in homes where the father... A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. I purposely stayed home and worked everyone as a slave. For as long as I can remember, it had always been my mother who went to work. She would come back tired from her long day at work, she was a vet, and still managed to muster up the energy to take care of us. We were young and had no nanny, so she did most of the cooking, laundry, and other tasks around the house. As we got older, we began to help out in the little ways we could. That was if she would allow us. My mother was a hard worker and I respected her for that. She was the one who dropped us all at school on our way to work. She gave us lunch money and sometimes she would wake up early to cook us meals for lunch. She was also the only one who came to our school events. Our dad hardly showed up and when he did, he was no fun. She was the one who provided for the family while my dad sat at home doing absolutely nothing. Well, not nothing. He helped around the house with minor chores like mowing the lawn or fixing electrical issues. This seemed to please my mother just fine. I had two older brothers and a little sister. We were very close. We went to the same schools and had mutual friends. It was so easy to be around my siblings, even though we had our squabbles from time to time. We gossiped a lot, and it was always refreshing to talk to people that understood what you were experiencing. One of our major topics of discussion was mostly our father. We never understood why he was always around, unlike other fathers who went to work. Most especially, we were not happy about the stress that he put our mother through. He always expected her to dote on him, even when she was busy or tired. Don't get me wrong, we loved our father and the fact that he was always around with us. He would play with us and help us out with our assignments. He taught me how to ride my bicycle and tried to be there for my brothers as well. But it always bugged us that he would sit at home all day and still expect our mother to do his bidding when she came back from work exhausted. And when he did go out, it was never to any place meaningful. The part that irked us the most was when he would send us on little errands that he could do by himself. He always said that we were his children and he had a right to send us on whatever errand he liked. We went along with it though because he was our dad and we were used to it. Where things changed was the day he and my mother fought and he hit her. They had been talking about a trip that she'd been planning for weeks with her clinic. 
They were supposed to travel to a conference in another country. The conference also included a medical outreach to poor farmers who couldn't afford health care for their sick animals. It was a trip my mother had been looking forward to since she needed the experience for her portfolio. It was also a way for her to meet new people in her field and possibly get a promotion, which meant more money for the family. My father wasn't happy about the idea though. He didn't like the thought of being left alone with us. It meant he would have to take over most of the things that she did, like taking us to school and going shopping for groceries. He claimed that he was busy as well, and our mother wasn't the only one with important things to do. She had argued that the trip was only for 10 days, and that he could survive that along with us. Our father had gotten angry and insisted that she wasn't going anywhere. For the first time, I watched my mother stand up for herself, but unfortunately it didn't go well for her. My father, the man who I was supposed to love and respect, hit my mother and then stormed out of the house in anger. He didn't come back until late at night, ignored us all, and went to bed. After that day, things became very different in the house. My mother became even quieter, while my father became loud and aggressive. She ended up not going on the trip, as she didn't want to make my father any angrier. We were astonished at how much our mother would give up just to please her husband. Even though the happenings of that day were forever sealed in our memories, my mother never slacked in her duties. Our father became more demanding and controlling. He stopped doing the usual things he did with us, and even stopped helping around the house altogether. He would wake up in the morning and go straight to the living room to watch TV. Then, after some time, he would ask for his breakfast like it was his birthright. Anytime there was a delay or he just felt like being a pest, he would storm into the kitchen in anger and start yelling. Sometimes he wouldn't eat the food again and would go out instead to get himself something for breakfast. That was after asking our mother for money to buy this breakfast rudely. Because we didn't want food to waste, we would end up sharing it so our mother wouldn't have to stress over that. He gave each of us absurd curfews and never allowed us to be out of the house for long. Even our mother had a certain time to be back from work or she was likely to face an angry husband. One day she had emergency surgery at the clinic and had to come back late. She had called ahead to inform our dad, who was not happy at all about this news. He refused to eat the food that my oldest brother cooked and instead ordered something online. When our mother finally got back, she was met with an ugly temper. He claimed that she had purposely stayed back at work and no surgery had taken place. He accused her of being a lousy wife for leaving him with children that didn't know how to attend to his needs. He also implied that she was cheating on him, which was part of the reason she had stayed back at work. My mother was appalled by the accusations and started crying at some point. When she wanted to defend herself, our father shut her up and slapped her. This made my brother angry and he stormed into the living room and punched my father in the face. We were all shocked. My father recovered from his shock quickly and hit my brother back, breaking his nose. The saddest part about that incident was how we all lied and covered up for our father at the hospital. We claimed that my brother had been jumped by some thugs on the way home. I held my mother's hand as she cried silently beside me while we waited for our brother to be treated. That night, we slept at the hospital and he was discharged early the next morning. Funny how after all that, my mother still managed to get ready for work and go about her activities like nothing unusual had happened. We all knew she was trying to be strong for us, and this only made me respect her more. 
One would think that our father would have repented after what happened, but he only became worse. He became more violent and demanding. No one dared to stand up to him because we were all scared. Through it, our mother tried to be loving and caring, but he grew more distant and spiteful. One afternoon, to everyone's surprise, he allowed us to leave the house. There was a church picnic at the local park, and he said our mother could take us. We all thought it was a prank, but he assured us that we could go and have fun. What a setup that had been. A day away from our father was like a vacation, and we cherished each second we spent at that picnic. Our happy bubble turned into one of sadness when it was time to go home, dreading who was waiting for us upon our return. But to our shock, our father wasn't home when we got back. We searched everywhere, but we didn't find him. We all thought maybe he had stepped out, but he didn't come back all through the night or the next day. Our mystery was later solved when our mother went grocery shopping and all her cards were declined. When she went to the bank to inquire, she was informed that the bank account she and my father shared had been wiped clean. Our father had taken everything and disappeared. My mother was never the same after that. Every night she cried herself to sleep and all we could do was listen in sadness, pain and anger. Despite everything our father had done, our mother still loved him very much and couldn't believe that he'd left us high and dry. It took some time, but she finally started to get over him. With some help from relatives, we were able to get back on our feet. There were still days when she would wake up in the middle of the night and begin to pray for him, or she would cry herself to sleep. We did our best to be there for her in every way we could, but we didn't deny the fact that life was easier and happier after he left. Many years later, we were all set and ready to head out for my oldest brother's convocation when we were met by a very unexpected surprise on our doorstep. Sprawled over the railing of the porch was the man we had once called Dad. We looked at him wide-eyed in shock and my brother stepped in front of my mother protectively. My second brother asked him why he was there, but all he did was smile and walk in our direction. My brother warned him that if he took one more step, He would return the favor from years ago and break his nose. Our father just laughed sadly and commented on how we had all grown into stunning children. He even had the guts to say that he was proud of my brother after all the insults he had hurled at him years before. He then asked if he could see his wife, to which we all responded a firm no. What shocked him more was when my mother stepped out from behind my brother, looked my father in the eyes, and shook her head sadly. She then told us that we would better leave now so we wouldn't be late for the ceremony. My father watched in surprise as we left him standing on the porch without a second look in his direction. The ceremony went well, and after, we all went out to celebrate at one of our favorite diners. When we got back home, we were surprised to see that our father was still there. This time, as we approached, he began to cry and beg for our forgiveness. He claimed that he had not been thinking straight and had been bewitched into doing what he had done. He confessed that he had nowhere else to go, as the person that had been housing him had kicked him out. He said that he'd changed, and he was ready to be the father and husband that we deserved. We all saw through the lies, knowing fully well that the only reason he was back was because he had spent all the money he had. After he left, my mother insisted on looking for him, and what she found shattered her heart. He had run away to another woman that he'd been seeing on the side. How he'd been having an affair was still a mystery to us, since he was at home most of the time. He had stolen the money and gone to shack up with her. 
We all knew that she'd probably kicked him out for being a poor, lousy man. My mother, to our surprise, said that she forgave him, that she had forgiven him a long time ago and bared no grudges. She told him that he could sleep in the garage for tonight, then in the morning we would figure out the next step in this forgiveness. My brother tried to argue with her, but she held her ground. He didn't let the matter go though as he removed all the spare blankets and the old mattress in the garage before locking the door that linked it to the main house. He didn't deserve comfort after all he had to us. The next morning, my mother invited him inside the house for breakfast. She prepared coffee and all the other things he liked. We helped her set the table and acted like everything was fine. Our father thanked us for having changed and a forgiving heart toward him. He promised that he wouldn't misuse the second chance he had been given. As he ate, the sound of police sirens were heard in the distance until they came to a stop in front of our house. Our father stopped eating and watched in confusion as my brother led the officers into the house. My mother informed them about what he had done to us several years ago and that the Lord had brought him to our doorsteps to make the police's job easier. She then informed our father that although she had forgiven him, she was not as gullible as he thought her. As the police led him away, she informed him that he would be hearing from her lawyers about their divorce. Now, I don't know the statute of limitations in a case like this. It probably very well could still be prosecutable, but like, I feel like you're going to have quite a burden to get the evidence. I mean, I guess you have all your testimonies and you have the hospital visit records with the broken nose. Would that be enough to get somebody locked up? You would hope so, but I'm not sure. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast. And I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.